Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Good morning and welcome to the Opus Private Client Wealth Style Podcast. I'm Ivan Watanabe and I'm joined today with one of my favorite partners, Lou Moan. What's going on, Lou? Good morning, Ivan. Um, just getting my thoughts together after last night's uh, commercial debate. <laughs> we won't uh, we won't get into that one today, but but I am really really excited to have you on. Today's topic is something that we've been I've talked to a lot of clients about and friends about and family about. And, and so I'm really excited to get your insight. I think you're going to provide a ton of great value to the audience today. So for those joining, the topic of today's podcast is going to be how do we raise kids in an environment where, you know, they don't have to worry about sort of financial security. And I think this is a topic that many of us discuss and, and kind of mull over because nobody really has the answer. But what I thought we would start off first is, Lou, if you could just kind of tell the audience a little bit about you, your family again, remind them sort of where you're at and, and tell us about your boys. Sure. I've been married for 37 years. I've got two sons, aged 35 and 32, uh, the youngest being married. Hopefully the wife and I will be grandparents at some point in the near future. At least that's her hope. <laughs> Thinking about today's subject matter, really kind of had me do a little bit of soul searching because I think the one thing that the people need to recognize right out of the gate, especially as young parents, is there is no playbook on parenting. We take the what we view as the best of what we learned from the way we were raised ourselves, try to discount the things that, that we viewed as less productive and, and, and kind of move on from there. It's, it's, a process that evolves as your children grow, as circumstances change, and as the environment around them changes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And your your boys now they're they're both adults. Um, tell us a little bit about what they're up to work wise, and you know I, I think one of them recently got married. So fill us in on on that as well. Sure. My oldest is uh, thirty five years old. He's the CEO of a, f a financial tech firm out in San Francisco, California. He's been out in the Bay Area for seven years, on uh, doing extremely well. Um, I will share a little bit more about his journey as this conversation continues. My youngest is thirty two. He is an advertising executive uh, and a very successful one based in New York City um, and currently working with TikTok and trying to find his way through the, the legal restrictions that uh, are, have been talked about uh, in regards to that, that social platform. Married in June uh, during COVID with uh, a much smaller than planned celebration. Uh, fortunately, 30 people, family members were able to get together, celebrate their, their union, uh, and, and no COVID as a, as a result. 
Lou, I'm just really looking forward to when you start producing some TikTok videos of you dancing in the backyard with the dogs. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I don't dance. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's one of the. It's That's one not of true. My... <laughs> I've seen I've seen you out on the dance floor. That's not it's, true. It's one of my wife's uh, b- biggest regrets that I'm not a dancer. That's funny. You've done such a great job with the boys, and obviously they're having great career success and getting married, and and life seems seems great. It's a challenge because you know you, you I've read books by Angela Duxworth on grit. And, you know, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk talking about how he grew up in Belarus and that's really created that sort of grit that he needed to get to where he's at. You know, how do you, people are talking about creating false sense of insecurity or stress or grit for their kids so that they can sort of get that sense of responsibility or work ethic. But that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like, how did you create a sense of a work ethic within an environment where, again, the kids didn't necessarily have to worry about things from a financial standpoint. So when you were raising them early on, what did you and Marianne talk about or think about as you know as you started to raise the, the boys? Well, I think part of it goes back to the way uh, Marianne and I were, were brought up. You know, we were brought up, you know, middle class families, uh, Marianne probably more in the upper middle class and the challenge that we faced, quite frankly, was you know raising children in San Francisco, which is, as everybody knows, is a uh, has a very dense population of wealthy. Uh, and then moving to the East Coast and living in Fairfield County, Connecticut, which also has the the same kind of population, and recognizing that you are going to be in and amongst folks that that have significantly more than you do. Um, but also recognizing that there are people who are going to have significantly less than you do, and then to appreciate and be grateful um, for the opportunities and and the way you have the opportunity to live. I think very early on, Marianne and I both agreed that we needed to start to implement a philosophy of making sure that the kids did things for themselves. And what I mean by that is, and, we've, and many of us have experienced it, is when you, when you attend that first parent-teacher conference and the kids have been working diligently on their, on their class projects and you walk into the room, it's very clear uh, as to what students did their own projects and what projects were completed and done by the parents. And our philosophy was is that we would help our, our children with an idea. We would certainly get the materials that were needed to, to produce the project. But the project was theirs to do. It was never the best-looking project in the classroom, I can tell you that. But that, they, they learned that we weren't going to do it for them and that there were things that, that were their responsibilities and it got into how did they manage their time to make sure that they they set aside enough time to get that project completed. Right. I think that's a great idea because you're right. I mean, you, you walk in and, and you see perfection on a, in, a, in a macaroni design or something and, and, uh, and, and the kids are getting A's, but they didn't do any of the work, right? Or maybe, and the parents, the parents certainly helped them out. I love, I love that idea. The one thing I think as, as new parents, you have to guard against your children being viewed as as objects and the expectation that they're going to be perfect. I mean, one of the things that my wife and I also talked about, and it's very difficult to do, by the way, 
is is let your children make mistakes because your instinct is to you know is to walk the point for them and make sure that they don't step on the hand grenade so to speak that they don't make okay. a mistake but i think there's real value when children we've all heard you know the adage you learn from your mistakes i think it's okay as parents to let your children make make mistakes you've got to obviously make sure that they're safe but i think at the same time you you've got to let them understand the circumstances of the decisions that they ultimately make right yeah no, I, and it's funny because I, I find that often around college or education i mean parents are proud of their kids and want to be proud of their kids but i've seen friends in, in college that have gone to college that frankly they would have been better off going to a trade school right or they would have been better off starting that business instead of going to college but they went to college because that's what their parents told them they were supposed to do and they needed to go there because their parents frankly needed to feel really good about themselves and I get that, but in today's day and age, there's so many ways to be successful. And, and, and as long as that's your definition, you know, I think there are various different ways to go about doing that and forcing things like college um, or a particular college upon kids may frankly not work out in their best interest, but it, it's more about the parents feeling great about themselves. I agree 100%. I, I think the thing is, you know, as, as your children start to approach, college age, uh, you need to recognize that, to your point, not all children are suited for that type of an education. And there can an argument could be certainly made today that, and there's certainly been a lot of dis- discussion about, is the college education worth the expense? Mm. But I think the thing that people have to recognize, too, that as your children are going through this journey, through education and, and, and into career, that there's a very strong possibility that they're not going to do it the way that you did it. And you have to be able to separate yourself and recognize that the way you did it it may not be in their DNA. And the timing of people uh, establishing their position, you know, whether it's in school or in the workforce, may be very different. And and with couples or families that have more than one child, they may be very different. You know, they, they are, they're from the same DNA, but the way they evolve and the way they move through um, the system will be very different. Yeah. And not to get caught up in expecting that one child is, because one child does it one way that the other will do it the same way. Yeah. Or that either of them will do it the way that you did it. Yeah, I think that's a great example. I mean, I was speaking to a client recently. He's got four kids, and two of them are going to private school, and two of them are going to public school. And you know, his plan with he and his wife initially were they were going to send all four kids to private school, but they learned pretty early on that two of them needed more flexibility. They didn't want a rigid schedule. They functioned better in a larger classroom setting. You know, wanted a little bit more freedom, and the other two really needed the structure. But I think, you know, to your point, understanding your children and understanding what's going to work best for them, and it may look completely different than the way you were planning it or the way that you were had experienced it yourself. Let me be very clear that during my children's growth, it was very difficult to accept that. Uh, in hindsight, I've learned that. It's very difficult when you're going through the process, and quite frankly, it can create some frustration. 
within the marriage and within the family dynamic as things aren't going the way that you've outlined them to go. But I think that with patience and in hindsight, what I've learned is, is that if you allow your children to blossom at their own rate, that ultimately they, they get to a point where they're happy. And I think, right. you know, the, the adage of, you know, you're only going to be as happy as your least happy child really mm. comes into play. I, I, I don't have kids, but I, but I can definitely appreciate that. It's funny. Somebody was asking me, yeah, I was on a panel yesterday talking. Uh, the question was, what, what's financial freedom? And for me, I think one of the, one of the ways I, I, I define financial freedom is around being able to afford the happiness for my kids and making sure that they're able to pursue a happy life for themselves. So whether that means that they are a contributing member of society and an artist, and maybe they're not making a ton of money, but they're happy, I find a ton of value in that, right? I'd rather have that happen than them be a financially successful CEO, but they're miserable, right? And I think, you know, you, you touched on happiness. I think there's, hopefully people are, are starting to find more value in that definition of success than, than anything else. Yeah. Emotional stability, I think is another goal to, to strive for that, that they're happy in their own relationships. They're happy at work. They're happy with your family. I don't think you can put a, a figure on that. Yeah. You know, in an environment today where, you know, everybody jokes about it, but it really seems to be true The the whole, you know, everybody gets a trophy sports, that never really sat well with me. You know, I, I, I wanted to win. And if I didn't win, I didn't, I certainly didn't want that second place trophy. So how, how were the kids in sports and how did that work out for them? Or how did you balance that, that aspect of, of raising two boys? Uh, great question. The interesting, you know, one of my sons excelled at sports and the other one is, is, you know, extremely capable. One was a captain of, of his teams and, and a great leader. And, uh, was recognized through it and actually went on to play college sports. The other found different interests. And as a parent, obviously, you've got to express interest in, in both of their developments and the activities that they, they want to pursue. I was never uh, and still am not a big believer in everybody gets a, a trophy for showing up. I, I go back to what I said a little bit earlier. I think it's important to learn early on, and sports is one way that it can be uh, demonstrated, is that not everybody's going to make the team. Not everybody's going to get the same amount of playing time. And that's okay, because as life goes on, every interview that a person sits through, they may not get that position every time. They may not get the promotion that they're so hoping to get and and having disappointment that motivates you to do better early on in your life i think establishes a, a tremendous foundation that will serve you well as you go through the different phases of of your life whether it's through work or or through personal relationships yeah definitely i think hearing no and failing is is something that people at all ages frankly need to need to Need to have in the, in their world is it's funny I you know I think often about one of our partners Adam his daughter will always or sh she does the Girl Scout cookie orders and instead of just leaving the sheet on the desk and having people buy them Jenna calls each one of us 
and asks us directly to buy her Girl Scout cookies. And every year, no matter what, I'll buy and more than I would have. I just love that approach of actually having to go out and do the work and potentially hearing a no. Now, frankly, none of us would say no to her, but she doesn't know that. Right. And, she, you know, actually putting in the effort and actually going to do that, I think, is just a wonderful approach to parenting. So do you have anything like that that worked for you and the boys over the years that, you know, you, you made them struggle a little bit where perhaps they they wouldn't have had if you made it easier for them? Uh, yes. But before I, I go into that, I think Adam will tell you that when his daughter first started selling the cookies, I was the one that said to her said to him, if she calls me, I'll buy the cookies. Oh, get out so, of here. So, no, I'm, I, I kid you not. And, and I've seen that, obviously, in, in an office environment for many times where the parent comes in with the, the candy bars or the Girl Scout cookies and they just want you to buy. I, I think it's a, it's a lesson well learned if the child calls and, uh, or, or comes into the office and actually uh, makes, the, makes the appeal. Uh, yeah, my kids, we've lived a, a pretty fortunate life. I've had gardeners and, and, and help around the house, but I always made sure that, you know, the kids had responsibilities too, whether it's cleaning up their bedrooms, making their beds, helping me out in the yard, raking leaves, picking weeds. There wasn't a, a you know, a, 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 a hall pass just because, uh, you know, I had some, some people helping out around the house as well. And I think, you know, establishing those kinds of things and, and taking pride in those assignments or expectations is important. And again, it will serve them, them well as they go through life and they, you know, they buy their first home. All too often now I'm seeing a generation of, of, uh, of entitlement. And part of me blames ourselves as parents because we, we kind of made our children feel that way. And the expectation is, is that they are going to leave when they leave the nest, that the lifestyle that they're going to immediately pick up is the one that they left mm-hmm. versus starting from scratch on their own. Right. Right. So as we wrap up, Lou, are there any other things that you were thinking about it? you know, as we talked about this podcast that you want to make sure the audience gets across? Yeah, I think one of the areas that we haven't touched on yet is charity. When you come from a, a, a family, and, and a lot of our clients, you know, kind of fall into this category where, you know, they have substantial funding and cash flow, and you know, just to understand that doing things for the betterment of others can be very rewarding, and instilling a pattern of participating in charitable events. Um, whether they're walkathons or marathons or, or serving at a soup kitchen. You know, one of the stories that I remember was a kid growing up, uh, one of my, my relatives, my cousin's parents on Christmas morning, the kids would open their gifts and the, and the parents would ask, what's your favorite gift? And they'd all point to the gift that they thought that was their favorite. And then they were asked to give that up uh, and give it to somebody less fortunate, uh, oh, and wow. it was taken down to the fire station. Now, some people may view that as cruel, but I think that it also instilled. What am I? What I'm trying to say is, is that the the rewarding feeling of doing something great for someone else other than yourself. Right. No, I definitely. And if that's not the approach, then 
but but point is trying to instill that type of gratitude appreciation empathy for others is is something that that you find to be important and i couldn't agree more lou as always great insight i really really appreciate the time i know the audience is going to get a ton out of this and i'm sure we'll get some more feedback and insight and maybe we can do this again uh, on the same topic but for all those listening thank you so much for joining us on the opus private client wealth style podcast look forward to seeing you soon and uh, please click below to subscribe thanks again thank you for listening to the wealth style podcast Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Yvonne Watanabe, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC, Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client, LLC, is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Compliance Approval Number 2020-109401, Expiry 09 of 22.